Hello and welcome to the Adventure Games Podcast. My name is Shorsha Dunbar and I'm your host. Thank you so much for joining me for episode 70 of the Adventure Games Podcast. I hope everyone is well. In just a few minutes, I will be joined by Thomas and Laura as we will be reviewing Life is Strange Before the Storm, the prequel to Life is Strange 1. We will also be reviewing The Almost Gone, The Boreal Tales and The Hand of Glory. Firstly, I wanted to let everyone know that you can nominate this podcast for the Podcast Awards. The link is in the show notes, so you just need to register for free and then select the Adventure Games podcast from the drop-down lists in both the People's Choice and the Gaming categories. This would really help with visibility, so if you enjoy this podcast, it would be much appreciated if people listening could vote, which would help us out hugely. Once again, it is completely free and should only take a few minutes to vote. The next thing I want to mention is that we are also now on YouTube. We will be uploading extra videos such as video reviews, trailers, gameplay and video interviews over the next few months. So you can click the link in the show notes and subscribe to our YouTube channel so you don't miss out on any videos. And now for the news. The Kickstarter for Freud's Bones has been announced. In the game, we will play the role of the Austrian psychoanalyst tormented by eternal doubts and existential questions to the point of being possessed by an inner voice that will be none other than the gamers themselves. Freud's Bodes will be launched on Kickstarter this 6th of July, but you can sign up for updates and play a free demo right now. Space Venture is making progress as two guys from Andromeda announced that this game will be an entering the beta stage in July. Still no release date yet, but we will let everyone know as soon as we hear anything. There is further good news as Tales of Monkey Island is back online. This game was delisted a while back when Telltale went bankrupt, but it is now once again available from the Telltale store and other online stores. Unfortunately, the Sinking City has been removed from some online stores. No reason has been given, but Frogwares have confirmed they are looking into it. In the meantime, you can purchase the game directly from their website and on GamesPlanet. And finally, Beyond the Steel Sky has just been released on Apple Arcade. Revolution have also announced the game will be released on July 16th on Steam for PC, so not long to go. We will be reviewing the game on a future episode, so be on the lookout for that. So, that's it for news this week, and now here are Thomas and Laura with the reviews. I'm delighted to be joined once again by Jaja Ding Dong and Double Trouble. <laughs> How are you guys? <laughs> oh dear. Do you think anybody got the reference? Yes, of course. They all got it because they all love the Eurovision movie. I actually have a gaming fact related to the new Eurovision uh, movie, which is... So for people who don't know, first of all, Euro Eurovision is the new Netflix comedy by uh, Will 
is it Will Ferrell or Will Ferrell? Will Ferrell. Anyway, Will, Will Ferrell, Ferrell. And Rachel McAdams. Yes, who are both really, really good. Um, but first, Pierce Laura, do you want to? Uh, yes, Pierce, he's he's amazing in it. <laughs> that way. Well, he's. <laughs> But uh, f- first of all, Laura, um, if uh, if anybody wanted to find out more about this movie, some unknown, maybe unknown facts, where can they find it? Nobody, we're starting the the Adventure Games podcast yes, with we, this. We yes, I have a Eurovision podcast, podcast with Eurovision. Yes, I have a Eurovision podcast. It's called Null Poir, so N U L P O I N T S, and me and my friends just chat about Eurovision, facts about Eurovision, and we've spoken about the movie. So if you enjoyed the movie but want to know a little bit more about behind the scenes and what went on, then search Nopois. We're on Spotify, we're on SoundCloud, we're on iTunes, all that jazz. And that's my plug. Very good. Well, there was one fact that you didn't give oh. on your podcast. And uh, this is a ga- this is a gaming related pod- uh, fact. Um you so one of the people who appears in the movie, uh the Greek actress, the uh, one who is yeah. the Greek artist she is none other than the voice actor of cassandra in assassin's creed odyssey there you go so, that terrible game <laughs> oh no idea i've never played it you don't like it i didn't know that i'm not a, well i i didn't mind the first assassin's creed but after that i found it got quite boring sorry um i just oh, found it was okay. quite like a lot of ubisoft games where they're just like a huge map but just the same kind of missions over and over again. A lot of trailing I missions. Actually, I haven't actually played it, but uh, well, okay. <laughs> Sorry. Well, anyway, I took a turn. The, yeah. the the actress is called Melisanti Mahout, who is, I believe, Canadian Greek, and she appears. It's a pretty, I mean, not the main role, but a pretty large yeah, role in the movie. Got, and she's, she's got a song and everything. So. She's, yeah. So people want to see Cassandra from Assassin's Creed in a movie. They can watch Eurovision on Netflix. And also any adventure game developers listening out there, make a game about Eurovision. You know, we think we all want this. Anyway, shall shall we start talking about actual Do we adventure though? games? Do we really <laughs> I might want make one I think one day. so. We could have like... About Eurovision. Do we really? We, yes. <laughs> I don't think I many might, one, anyway. we on could, one condition. That they play Jaja Ding Dong. Yeah, yeah. If they play we're, Yaya Ding Dong. We're already getting a... Play Yaya Ding Dong. I'm in. We're already getting a musical adventure game uh, called Chorus, which is in development. Oh. So, um, will it have... so, yeah, now we just need a Eurovision. I was going to say, will it have Eurovision songs in it? No, no. The, <laughs> I think they're probably better songs. <laughs> probably, yeah. But it's not that high a bar. Uh, so. uh, I'm sorry, Ooh. but you both enjoyed the songs in the in the film a lot, a lot more than I the song, even I do. Songs, the songs in the film were better than the average Eurovision song. Incorrect, incorrect. One hundred percent. Good. Now, but anyway, <laughs> shall we talk about actual? Yeah. Oh, I, uh, by the way, I I have I have one question for you guys. Um, I'm I was racking my brain about this, but where are the Beatles from again? Liverpool. Liverpool. Liverpool champion! Oh, oh, for God's sakes. We've walked right into that one. Oh. But, but, no, no, by the way, because I said I would not be snarky. So I just want to say wholeheartedly from the bottom of my heart that I would like to congratulate Liverpool on winning one Premier League title in the last 30 years, which is the same, the same amount of titles that Blackburn Rovers 
have won. So, you know, those behemoths of European and British football. So, huge congratulations to Liverpool Football Club. I'm delighted that you've won one Premier League title in 30 years. It's a big feat for Liverpool. They've done really well. Well done, Liverpool. Well done. (laughs) You're saying, Thomas? (laughs) I'm saying Liverpool is is the current Premier League champion, and that's all that counts. That's very sweet. That's all that matters. It's nice for them. Oh. (laughs) Yes, good for them. Yeah. Uh, Don't worry, Laura. Next year will be our year. Who do we sound like again? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, this is the weirdest start to an Adventure Games podcast. Yeah. So are you guys ready to start talking about adventure yeah. games, Thomas, or anything else you want to mention? No. Uh, what are rugby those? Or... What are those? <laughs> yeah, so adventure games, you know, point and click. Well, anyway. I'm, uh, No, I have a serious question oh. about oh, games. Here we go. Uh, I was wondering, Laura, how far are you with uh, Last of Us 2? Oh, yeah, so I have been playing Last of Us 2. So I'm on Chapter 4 at the moment. Apparently there's 11 chapters, and I think I played about 17 hours, so... Uh, I think it's probably about thirty-hour game, so I'm like more than halfway. But I, I think maybe some of the later chapters are a bit shorter, maybe because chapter three was long. <laughs> it took a long time. <laughs> but I don't know about you. Like for me, um, when I play those kind of games, I like like to explore and go into every like nook and cranny and pick everything up. And I think that takes a lot longer. So I'm expecting it to well, be at least front, yeah. I'm expecting it to be at least thirty hours. I think. Well, I bought the game. Oh. Uh, I have not. I have not been able to play it yet because I have some games lined up that I need to play first. But I hope uh, I will be able to play it later this month, and then uh, it's one of the games we hopefully can uh, can discuss once we both Definitely. have finished it. Yeah, it's very tense. And um, um, it's the um, it's the highest selling PlayStation original of all time. Is it already? Gosh. Four, four, yeah, four million copies in the first three wow. days or something. And that's really good considering like an insane amount. Considering all the yeah. like there was that leak and everything. So that's really good. I mean it's a I'm enjoying it so far. So we'll see. And it's it's uh, 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 the quality of the game for uh, like a, a generation uh, or uh, for a console at the end of its generation, it's quite uh, quite. Yeah, I mean, it looks amazing. It really does. So, yeah, no, I'll be up for talking about it when, once we've got through it. Cool. Well, yeah. So, and as well as that, so I look forward to well hearing the two of you speak about it because I don't have a PS4, so I won't be playing it. But I'm also hoping to talk about it to uh, to Scott at least, and hopefully Zach and Chris Berensmeyer from the Gaming Outsider podcast. So uh, we haven't spoken yet. We don't have a date um, yet, but that will be uploaded as an extra as well. So uh, looking forward to finding out more about it. I started watching it on YouTube. I know it's not the same, but that's the only way I can experience the story and the game now. But yeah, we will be speaking more about The Last of Us 2 in the coming weeks. So um, are you ready, uh, Sir Thomas, to talk about adventure games? Or <laughs> Always. Okay, so about 10 minutes in, now we can finally talk about uh, adventure games. Um, before just we a, talk... Just a bit of banter. Yes. It's so part of the, the friendly atmosphere. Uh-huh. Yes. <laughs> uh, well, uh, before... <laughs> I'll banter you. Ooh. Well, before we, 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 before we get to the reviews, there was uh, one thing that a listener called Kieran, that he wrote a comment... Uh, to us as well and this is and i know i said that we wouldn't discuss this again but this is a really interesting comment 
um, I think as well. It's about 2D versus 3D discussion. So Kieran said that he found our discussion of 3D really interesting. And he said, Laura's comment about 3D games sometimes looking, quote unquote, dead really got him thinking. He said puppets or characters in the games have mutual expressions, but a master puppeteer can make them look happy or sad through body language and story. With 2D pixel art games, we can't see the tiny details on a character face. So he says we use our imagination. Um, but he said with 3D games, you can see every little detail, but the animators aren't going to change them all. So the characters seem dead as a result. And all of the examples that we gave of 3D games did something special to get around this problem. So, for example, The Witness and Firewatch, they have no faces mm. to look at. Heaven Fault is done storyboard style. So you get a snapshot of expressions for each second and fill in the rest. Oberdin is frozen in time, so the artist can actually afford to put each little detail on the character's faces. And then he said, bad 3D games do nothing to get around the problem. So what he said, is Escape from Monkey Island, Gabriel Knight 3, you were left at looking at characters who apparently have no emotions and feel dead. And he said, the most interesting example you can think of is uh, Grim Fandango. He said, it, it seemed to be a very alive game in spite of being in 3D with little facial animation. Alive. And he says he thinks it's... Yeah, I yeah. know, I know, it's very <laughs> ironic. But he says he thinks it's because they're all... Uh, skulls and so just look like puppets but you don't expect the faces to change but you put your own interpretations yeah. on them so uh, I just want to, to know your thoughts on that I think it's a very interesting point yeah you made. definitely um, I think that was a really good point uh, Karen I think it, it's funny yeah thinking about Grim Fandango actually you do and I, I think it's same with I'm trying to think of like the Telltale games like Sam and Max like I don't think that particularly felt dead and maybe because it had a more of a cartoonish feel I don't know but the, it, you know, it just felt a bit more uh, alive in that sense. And I guess the same thing like with Grim Fandango, because it's obviously like the kind of Mexican skull faces. So they don't they don't have to have expressions because they're skulls. But yeah, that's a really interesting point again about like the witness and stuff that because they don't have there's no like kind of bodies there, then. It, it just feels a bit more of a kind of colourful universe. But I'm trying to think of more examples. I guess like even Firewatch, it's that's in first person, so you don't see anybody's face. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's it's also a way to get around the Uncanny Valley, uh, which gets stronger and stronger by when the technology gets better. So uh, you you if if you look at at that uh, thing in um, in movies and animated movies and stuff. The more lifelike they try to be, the the, the more mm. eerie they get. So that's why uh, the Toy Story toys uh, are not humans; they are toys. And then you don't have the whole Uncanny Valley thing. So I, I guess uh, I, I think Kieran here is, is spot on. Yeah, it was um, it was a similar issue with Tintin with the movie by Spielberg a few years a few years ago. That I enjoyed the movie. But again, the characters looked a bit lifelike and they had dead eyes and you had that uncanny valley. Mm. So I think he makes a great point, actually. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. It's, not, um, it's not something I've... Re- I, I know I mentioned kind of the, the dead comment, but I didn't really mm. think about it in terms of, you know, fa- it being because of the, the facial expression. So yeah, very good point made. Yeah, so there we go. 3D sucks. <laughs> <laughs> No, no it's again something, <laughs> something to think about. But again, it is possible for, for games uh, to get around this in 3D. Like you mentioned Heaven's Vault and Return of the Opera Din. And you mentioned Telltale Games because they had the comic book look as well. That, um, that it is possible. So 
Um, okay, so thank you, Kieran. Um, so now let's get on to reviews. So there were a couple of demos. Now, I mentioned in the news section that we have a YouTube channel, which and I will be uploading uh, uh, reviews of the demos that I've been playing at uh, Steam Summer Festival. But Laura, you played another demo, correct, as well. So which demo did you play? Yeah, so I played Pendragon, uh, which is the new one by Inkle, who you may know of 80 Days and Heaven's Vault fame. Certainly, we may have mentioned those titles on this podcast once or twice. Um, And yeah, it's a new one from them, but it's quite different from, for example, Heaven's Vault. It's basically going to be a turn-based strategy game. Uh, It's set in uh, Britain in AD 673, so like around the time of Camelot, basically, uh, and all about the the Knights of the Round Table. And the idea is that Camelot's fallen, um, so everything's uh, gone quite wrong, and King Arthur is kind of facing a sort of final battle. And the idea is um, you can decide on different characters who you, who you start off with on this turn-based strategy game and it's like you basically go around a, a board of different locations and you move around squares um so it's quite i mean it's a bit like sorcery which inkle have also done where you you know you move bit by bit so there are similarities and it's still got that narrative going on so as you move along with your character i think in the demo you can either choose to be lancelot or guinevere um, and that will bring up different story options. But um, I think the, the demo was quite short and it's more, I think, to show you what the game will be like rather than give you many challenges because I'm assuming as you get further into the game, there'll be, I mean, there were some like creatures you had to fight, but it was quite easy. You sort of moved your uh, square up to theirs and hit the beast or whatever. So that was, you know, quite simple, but I'm imagining it'll get more difficult as you go along. There'll be more things moving in as you're moving along. Um, but it's basically, yeah, a kind of mixture of you sort of narrative as you go further on, there's like more lines and you can also choose different bits of, you know, dialogue, which they obviously love to do at Inkle. So that, so it, it intrigued me. I'll be interested to see, you know, where they go with it. It was, um, it was like, as I said, it's just a short little thing you can get on Steam at the moment. I, I don't know if it's, it would basically, I got it during this sort of summer games, um, festival thing that was going on on steam so i don't know if you can still get it but um it sounds like there'll be lots of different sort of story arcs depending on who you pick and you can get different abilities um so yeah it's, it seemed intriguing and inkle obviously a great studio so um it'll be interesting to see where they go with it yeah i don't think it is available now yeah. i just checked okay um but it's uh, no. I mean, we we know that they have a very good pedigree. It's an interesting direction they're taking yes, from so this big epic fantasy. Definitely, it's interesting in terms of because uh, obviously they always have that kind of narrative feel, and there's always dialogue options. So that's still there. That's still like that's like their bread and butter. But a lot more combat in this one, and um, obviously strategy involved. And you know, you have to decide where to move and. Um, that you will get kind of losses and things and and have to move on from that. So there's a bit more of a kind of, I don't know, a bit more action maybe as than we're used to in an Inkle game. Okay. Uh, yeah, because there's no action, I believe, in Heaven Vault. Um, but no, I'm, I'm all for companies and studios going in you know, different directions and trying new things. So uh, and I think the narrative of what you're saying is still going to be, you know, uh, focus. Yeah as well so um okay so that is pendragon so that's uh it i think it says here this set to come out in summer 2020 what what's the name pendragon 
I don't think it's Pendragon. <laughs> Maybe it is. I, I, I just think no. I think that's uh, I, I think that's Sergius Spanish uh, half. That, that could be right because I, yeah. I I do that oh. sometimes. I I do um I I, I what are the Spanish Spanish eyes? <laughs> sometimes I speak Spanglish. <laughs> it's uh, Pendragon. Oh, yeah, exactly. Like Ar- Aragon. <laughs> we can do this podcast in Spanish if you wish. Or... No, let's not do that. No, then I will. Si. Then I will do in German. <laughs> yeah. Okay, or Dutch. Fine. <laughs> well, if if I talk in Dutch, everybody thing? will Ooh. think that I'm I'm throwing up. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay so uh well uh, thank you thomas for that and, <laughs> and thank you laura so just how my, it's just how my language sounds <laughs> i can help that <laughs> well um next uh the next game that we'll talk about is life is strange before the storm which i finally finished not because it wasn't good i really enjoyed it spoiler but just a lot of things was happening you know during this pandemic and all that's going home at the same time so but i finally did finish it so if you guys remember i reviewed life is strange one a few months ago now and so this is the prequel to life is strange one whatever happens rachel i'm here how do you know which way is up when your whole life has been turned upside down You're here. <laughs> Come on, hurry up. Go so, are you going to invite me in? Sometimes, when you meet someone who's going to change your life, you just know it, I guess. Let's leave. For real. Talk to me, Chloe. I know I fucked up. You don't scare me. Who are you? Shit. I've got to help Rachel. Rachel, run! Whatever it takes. Chloe, go! You're the only one in the world I can trust. Whatever happens, Rachel, I'm here. In this game, you play as Chloe Price. It's set a few years before the events of Life is Strange 1. And she's going through a rather tough time. Her father has just died. Her... Uh, best friend Max has um, has just left for Seattle, and her mother now is hooked up with this military guy called David. So we know all this if you played season one. And so you then start off, you have to get into a nightclub to see uh, a, a rock band. While there, you get into trouble with some guys, but then who comes along but Rachel Amber. Remember her, Laura? Yes. She, she makes an appearance in this game. She... Uh, comes to your rescue, basically, and then both Chloe and Rachel form this very unlikely alliance and you know friendship and relationship as well. Uh, so uh, Rachel, she is she seems to have the perfect life. She's 
Uh, you know, she's very attractive. She's very intelligent. She's the lead actress in the drama Shakespeare play. Her parents, her father is the DA, the district attorney, and come from a rich family. And everyone loves her, teachers and students alike. Um, so then you get to know her a bit more through Chloe. And then you peel back the layers and you find out that maybe not everything is as it seems. So... At first, I was a little bit hesitant about this game because I thought we fa- I thought we'd found out everything we needed to know about these people in Life is Strange One. But what the developers have done, and it's a different developer as well. It's Deck Thirteen, not Don't Nod. So what they have done is they focus more on the relationship with, between Chloe and Rachel, and on Rachel Amber herself. So we find out more about her in this game as well. And I thought the story it did overall keep me interested i'm not usually a fan of prequels because of this issue that a lot of times i think they seem to be cash-ins and not really necessary uh you could really say the same about this i mean obviously um we know kind of if you played life is strange one you know where this is going you know kind of what happens but i think it's interesting what they've done is the journeys is good journeys interesting i think the relationship between the two girls seems real uh, for me so these two people who are going through some issues and how they just get you know get together and form this um this friendship and the interesting thing as well is that the two characters they're not really at times very likable I mean, we know chloe price uh what she's like and the same with uh, rachel cash. amber that yeah we actually we actually find out the origins of this word why chloe uh says hella um, which is, and it's actually okay. kind of cute. I mean, it's it's still a bit, but it's actually they've worked oh, that into the did. story. <laughs> which, um, but yeah, I mean, I I liked how they formed the relationship, and uh, you know, I think the dialogue has improved slightly from as Life is Strange one. Uh, I I did feel that the two characters felt real, and I was invested in their relationship and in in their life as well, and I wanted. Uh, you know, to help to these two characters, even though uh, neither at times is 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 likable, and they're both called out on this. But that's just kind of fun as well, because when I played as Max in season one, uh, I played her as the empathetic character because that's how I thought she would be. But with Chloe, as we know from season one, she's not exactly like that. So it's kind of fun to play a bit different, to kind of play these kind of mean pranks on people. Victoria makes an appearance. You. Remember her, the blonde one. Yes, uh, you can sort of get your own back uh, as Chloe on her if you so choose so it is a choice based game as well um, you have um, you have to make these choices on how to respond and things to do and the, the the impressive thing about this game is that unlike most games like this it seems like the choices do matter um, for example with, with the ending there are three episodes obviously not going to give away the ending but when I got to the ending and you see a list of other choices and other endings that other ca- other people got other players got and there was another ending that only five percent of oh, players no. got and i was very curious i didn't know it was possible to get this type of ending so then I, I i read back and apparently if you make one choice i believe episode one or two and then that will then give this ending in episode three uh which seems at the time kind of meaningless but then it has an effect later on so i thought that was are really good. They have different voice actors. Ashley Birch, who also plays, I believe, Ellie in The Last of Us. Uh, she doesn't return as Chloe because there's some sort of voice acting strike at the time. But the voice actress as well, I forget her name, but she does a great job as well. And I never noticed, you know, I forgot that they were different actors. And I believe Ashley Birch did work closely with the actress and with the writers 
as well. Now, sometimes it is noticeable that the voice actor of David is different okay. and it's very different and it's kind of very off-putting, but it's not bad. Um, again, the graphics are similar to season one. It's, you know, it's interesting. Uh, it's not as dark as uh, Life is Strange 1. It's, it's more about, you know, teenage romance drama, which is what I thought season one would be. So this is more character focused, more sort of plot focused. So at times it is a little slow, but again, it's still interesting. And it doesn't, oh, sorry, one I was going to say, and it doesn't yeah. have that time travel element, does it? Rewinding uh, no. time. No, it doesn't. This is more, no. Uh, that was only with Max. Uh, this is more, um, you know, a normal story about these two characters. Um, now, I believe you can choose the type of relationship you have with the two characters. Um, I believe you can have it just platonic or romantic, so it's up to you as well, which I thought was interesting. Um, but gameplay-wise as well, so it's similar to season one. Uh, one interesting change is, now, first of all, with Max, if you remember, Laura, you have a f- camera, so you... A photograph, uh, different things. Here, as Chloe, okay. you do graffiti. Um, and it's similar to season one. And also, there is another interesting uh, gameplay element, which is a conversation puzzle, which is similar-ish to the insult sword fighting in Monkey Island. Not, not exactly the same, but basically what you do is you have to get your own way. You have to get the character to do something that you want. So the first time you try it is outside a nightclub. You have to convince the... Bu- the um, uh, not the bodyguard, the, the the bouncer, yep, to let you in. But then, so you have to convince them, so you have to use their words against them. So it's kind of like a, a mini game that uh, the character will say something to you and then you have different options and a timer. And then if you choose the correct option, then they will let you in. So three or four times in a row. If the, it doesn't work, then you have to find another way to get in. So I thought that was interesting enough and it was... Uh, uh, you know, it was a nice addition uh, to the game. Uh, there are also some nice songs, like in season one, again, uh, in it as well. And also, even though I said it's not as dark as it was, it is still emotional. Uh, but even if you have played season one, you might not see the you know the ending coming. Again, you do have choices to make. Uh, but you know, a- again, it's um, it, there is actually you know a scene that then follows on to season one, but th- it could be on its own. So you don't have to play season one to enjoy this game. I recommend people do play season one first because then mm. you would get to know these characters more. But it, it's possible to play this game first, and um, and then there is an extra episode on the deluxe the deluxe version where you play as uh, Max Caulfield in when they're. I believe they're 13. So this is a very, um, well, I won't give anything away, but it's a very fateful day for these two characters. So Max has just learned that she's going to Seattle and she has to tell Chloe that she is going. So you have to then choose. And then you go, you're in her house and you go on like a pirate adventure. And again, it's really nice, really sweet as well. The two original voice actors reprise the roles in this episode so overall you could ask you know is this really necessary is this essential maybe not because i think season one it has more of a story and all but i think this is a good add-on i think there's some things they've done better i think the dialogue is a little bit better uh to mention some of the gameplay is more interesting there are no uh bottle searching puzzles if don't yes, remember that I in do. episode two that was infamous there's none of that, so they seem to have learned from that. And it was quite interesting. I was saying there's 
it surprised me as well that even though it mightn't be hugely essential, it's nice to be with these characters again. It's nice to play these characters and to learn more about them. So if you played Life is Strange 1 and want to play these characters again, want to know more about them, I would definitely recommend it. Even if you haven't played Life is Strange 1 and want to try it, um, I would, again, recommend it. So, um, yeah, I think they did a, did a really good job, the developers. And um, next I'll be playing Life is Strange 2 whenever <laughs> I get the time. So, so that is Life is Strange Before the Storm. So uh, that is a prequel to Life is Strange 1. So, um, yeah. Don't know if you guys have any questions on the game or... No, I just I was like, interested to see if the, what they had instead of... Because obviously the time travel element is very much that. So it sounds like the conversation mm. thing is a, is a bit similar in terms of in terms of that being her kind of thing that you have to do. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So there's, there's no supernatural ability. There's no time travel. There's, you know, it's, it's a, the stakes are lower, shall we say, uh, in this. And of of course, you know, there is no time travel because, you know, Chloe doesn't have that ability in season one. So, uh, it would be a hell of a retcon if all, yeah, it'd be a bit weird. Time travel as well. So, yeah, as I said, how essential it is, I don't know. That's one of my issues, mainly with prequels in general. But it's still, I would definitely, you know, recommend it if you want to go back to this world, go back to this town with these characters as well. Um, It is nice to play as well. And it is emotional as well, especially if you have played with these characters. But, yeah, I think it's a very well-made game and very well-written. So... Um, so that is Life is Strange Before the Storm and hopefully t- before the end of the year I'll be able yes. to play Life is Strange too. <laughs> so Laura then you've played uh, another game yes, a full which game has just come out. this time uh, so yeah right, I played so. the Almost Gone which is by the developers Happy Volcano um, it's a really interesting one this actually It's so it's a isometric kind of escape room type uh, puzzler uh, it's made up of five chapters. It took me about, I think, three and a half hours to get through all of it. Um, and the idea is kind of you, you're this sort of narrator, you're this um, daughter, and you are basically going through your kind of family history and the history of your mum and dad and of their grandparents and basically trying to piece together what's been going on and what's happened to you. You you suddenly kind of wake up and you're looking through the through this house to start off with and each chapter is kind of a different location one of it you start off in your house or what you think is your house and then further on there's a hospital that you explore and it's all like I said this kind of isometric view where it's you've got one room at a time which you're looking at um, from kind of from above and you rotate the room you can move the room around basically with a mouse click and uh, you get kind of a cut out of the room looking from above um and that's part of the puzzle element, to be honest, because sometimes you have to like turn the room around and it reveals different walls as, you know, depending where you're looking. Um, and the idea is sort of in each chapter, you're looking through these locations to um, normally unlock something like a kind of safe or you've got to find codes for something to kind of move on to the next section. Um, I have to say that's one element that I really enjoyed of the game were the puzzles. They were really good fun to solve and they never felt too it never felt too difficult, but they never felt too easy either. You always felt quite good when you solved them. Um, and yeah, the the idea is you're kind of, um, you, you might have to, like I said, move, move the room around to try and make it reveal something, or there's objects that you can pick up and put in your inventory 
which you can use on something else. And then you might get a, a number or something for a part of a code. Um, so it, it all felt quite sort of fun. I mean, if you've played things like, I don't know, like The Room before or uh, the Rusty Lake version of games, um, they, they're quite similar in terms of their sort of inventory puzzles, but kind of you having to use a bit of logic to kind of solve things. And there's quite a few cool puzzles like that. I would say um, it's quite a dark game. Uh, it does feature, it's not like something, although the puzzles are quite fun to solve, there's a lot of, um, with your kind of family history, there's a lot to go into with like depression and drug addiction and animal abuse and things. Um, not like really heavily, but it's just kind of hinted at at points. It's um, So it isn't like... I, I, you know, I didn't feel like terrible playing it, but it, it's definitely got some dark themes. And they mentioned that, I think, at the beginning or um, on, on the Steam page that, you know, it's not a lighthearted game. There are some dark elements because you're unraveling this story about what's gone on with your parents. Um, so, yeah, there are some disturbing things that you find along the way. Um, they say at the beginning, it's a game. The game tells you to, like, use your headphones if you can. And that kind of music does fit in with the story because it's quite unsettling sometimes sometimes it's helpful just to be able to hear what's going on in terms of sound effects of the objects that you pick up and things like that but most of the time it's just to create an unsettling atmosphere <laughs> to be honest so i can see why they sort of said that um i did find sometimes the nar nar narrator is a little bit i think like a bit judgmental and a little bit bitter because you basically so there's no voice acting uh, it's all kind of written. It's, it's just text on a screen. So you'll, you'll click on something and then that will come up um, and, she, you know, she'll talk about something. But she she really doesn't like her parents very much. Um, and I found it kind of reminded you a bit of Gone Home. You know, like you're obviously like looking through this house. You're trying to work out what's going on. But whereas with Gone Home, it felt a lot more personal and you kind of got to know the character. Whereas with this character, I was a bit like... Gosh, like she's being very negative. And to be honest, probably fair enough considering some of the things like her family have been like, but it, it felt it was difficult to kind of warm to the character maybe a little bit. It was a bit like, well, okay. But, um, you know, it, it, yeah, uh, that was my only thing I've found a little bit like I really had fun uncovering all the puzzles and things like that, but I didn't really warm to to the character. But that may well have been a choice by the by the developers, um, to be honest. Um, yeah, as I said, it took me about three and a half hours to finish. Uh, the, it does end quite abruptly, I would say. I still had a couple of questions about what was going on in the story. Um, so I would be interested um, if other people have played it to find out what they made of it. Um, you know, what they think was going on. But all in all, I, yeah, I really enjoyed the puzzles. I thought each chapter felt really unique, had its own kind of style. Um, it was quite fun, like uncovering different elements of puzzles. It was quite cool as well. So you'll be in a room and you'll basically get little pop-ups as like little inserts in the room of like close-ups of objects that you can use, um, which kind of pop up as pictures in, in uh, so on the screen. And that's kind of how you know what you can sort of interact with and and do things with. So that was kind of a cool way of doing it. Um, but yeah, and every room is like really detailed and quite fun to explore. And there's like little secret passageways and buttons to press and, uh, you know, bookshelves that you can slide a book and like uncover things in. So it all felt like quite fun to explore and never felt like too taxing. I was never like bored. Um, so yeah, I, I, I thought it was a really cool idea for a game. Maybe the story 
maybe I got a little bit lost, but maybe that was just because I was just having too much fun on the, on the puzzles, to be fair. I would be interested to hear what other people think about it, though, in terms of like what they think went on. Um, but yeah, I, I would say definitely um, give it a try if you're into the kind of things, like I said, like uh, the Rusty Lake series of games or, or the room or anything like that, where you're kind of, you know, like having to move around objects or rotate them and, and sort of solve kind of escape room type puzzles. Yeah, that sounds interesting. It sounds like a bit of a kind of contradiction with the puzzles yeah, aspect and it, then a the bit. dark story <laughs> that you're solving the puzzles. And then it's like, well, I guess, oh, it, you know, it, a, do, it does well dark. to tell a tale and it's this, very but... symbolic, I would say. And there's very hmm. sort of dreamlike sequences. And because so, like, it's not everything is not as it seems and weird things happen and you know there's a police car in a tree and things like that and it's 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 basically symbolizing memories i i would say so that's why the, it felt very kind of almost like twin peaks dreamlike sequences some of it it done in this like very beautiful um style um so that i didn't mind that i thought that was quite interesting but um there were just i think it just ended quite quickly and i was like oh i was expecting a bit more of a reveal maybe um but you do get i think uh, the reason i sort of compared it to gone home as well as with gone home it did a very good thing of um sort of environmental storytelling and that wasn't as much in this um game i would say not quite to the kind of same level um and that's maybe what i was looking for but it still was you know just really interesting to to play and i really like i said I, i really liked the sort of design um and and the puzzles as well they were really good fun I think some people think, oh, you know, it's three and a half hours. Mm. Is it is it worth that amount? But I mean, if you're into those type of puzzles, I would say yes, it is because I had a, a lot of fun um, playing them and sort of solving it. And I, I think that's a mark of a, a well designed game when you feel like you're clever playing it, but you know, like when you you're doing it and you're like, oh god, I did really well there. But like it's you know, it could just be that it's just well well made rather than you actually being that clever because uh, you know there's some way you're like well this is mm. yeah <laughs> thank you that's what i was I'm looking sure you for you are clever as well um, you know oh i mean it's a bit if you're also clever. if you're th- sort of trying to <laughs> think of like what it might look like if you've ever played monument valley it looks a, a, a lot like that as well um but a lot darker i would say um to compared to monument valley but it's got that same kind of aesthetic perfect okay so thank you for that so uh, the final game that we'll be talking about then this week is The Hand of Glory. Now, I reviewed this uh, two weeks ago very quickly. I'm, I'm going to interject here because oh. uh, I, I I actually played Shall two I? games this time. Oh. Yeah, and, and uh, was... Uh, okay, so tell us, Tom, was, what was the first so, game? Sorry, I played <laughs> one third of the games you normally play in a week, Ooh. Laura. <laughs> Uh, Ooh, well, snacker here. Uh, Ooh, shots fired. Yeah. Well, anyway, you, you, okay. You so, said, so what? You said, uh, Laura, that, that uh, almost gone felt like yes. um, like a Twin Peaksian. Uh, the game, one of the games that I played, uh, named Boreal Tenebrae. Oh, is all out Lynchian nightmare. Um, yeah, it's it's um, it's one of the weirdest games I've played. I must. To say that due to some technical issues, I could not. I have not finished the game, but I've played it for uh, quite a few hours, so I got a I got a good impression of it. And I'm um, oh, I'm intrigued. This is one of the weirdest games I've ever played. Yeah, it is. Um, the style is completely retro PlayStation One era graphics. 
with fixed camera angles and everything that made it quite confusing for me because I'm not used to playing in that way. Um, another thing that uh, was very different for me was that you can either play with keyboard ah. or with controller. You which cannot would, play with would you, what, what did you play with and which would you recommend people play with? Um, I played with keyboard because I uh, did not have my controller uh, connected to my PC at that point. Um, but the uh, the game just basically drops you in the middle of a town. Uh, and it's quite clear that there, there is something very wrong with this town. This town is sick. This town is dying. But it doesn't really give you any explanations of what's going on. You just see this big uh, object, this big uh, monolith in the in the center a bit like uh, in uh, 2001, A Space Odyssey, where you have this big black box. In this case, it's a big box f made of static. And uh, the first thing you need to do is, because there are all, kind, there are all some uh, townspeople around this box looking into it, and there is a police officer uh, keeping you away from the box. And there's all, these are not just normal. There's also anthropomorphic uh, uh, beings there, and your first thing you try to do is get close to that box. So you, you walk around, but because of the fixed camera angles, then, for instance, if you walk out of the screen on the left, all of a sudden you could be yes. walking to the right. Yeah. If I make sense, because the camera switches and your viewpoint switches, but you're still walking, but it looks like... I found that very confusing. Mm -hmm. Because I, it, that took me a long time to get used to. But once I got used to it, um, there is a lot of uh, traditional point-of-click elements in here. Like you collect items. Uh, you you, you um, uh, Not just items that you can use in your inventory, but also uh, you collect discs along the way. And these discs uh, enable you to go to the location where you found a disc from your home. So you need these discs to, to move around. But it's a very confusing game. It's a really weird game because um, like I, once I managed to get the uh, police officer away from the uh, from the oh from the 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 thing, the, the static box, uh, I looked into it and then I suddenly I think I got transported into the box and I suddenly played as my missing sister. But I kept all my items. And I was just walking around there, and I came across. And that was that was a, that was even weirder because that was all dream logic. And I, I came across the head, uh, the head of a bear that was lying in its own blood, saying uh, "Eat me" or something like that. So I had to lick the blood, and then that all of a sudden I was somewhere else again. <coughs> At one point, I I switched to another character, and I, I was. Uh, Going into the house of another of another of another character, and I looked into the TV, and it said, "Hey, do you want to look away or keep looking?" I obviously kept looking, so all of a sudden I was in the TV. I loved it. And I was oh, a this ghost. sounds great. I think I'm gonna have to get this. It was a highly, highly confusing game. Really, mm. but it's <laughs> it's really unique. Um, this is a, a truly unique game. And uh, if it wasn't for the for for the bugs that I ran into, because they are still, um, I did a a beta, I played the beta, so there were still bugs in there. One of them, for instance, was a bug uh, that made me, uh, it, I couldn't continue with the game because of that. So, uh, but luckily, a few days later, they released a patch that fixed it. 
uh, but I reinstalled it, lost my save games. There were only two slots for save games, as far as I could tell, which I found a bit, yeah, that that wasn't, uh, I didn't like that. Uh, but I had to replay the game, but luckily I, I still remembered what to do, so I got back to that point quite fast. But you, you do find out what the story is, um, but you have to work for it. They don't give you anything. They give you a very short kind of tutorial where it merely says, hey, if you want to do this, then you can do this. And if you want to do this, then press this. And then off you go. And if you find if, if you find yourself in a situation where you have to do something new, like you can you, you get a camera and you can use that camera. And then it's, oh, uh, if you want to use the camera, just use C or uh, press whatever button it is on the controller. That... So uh, you do, they give you very minimal minimal guidance, hardly any exposition. Just find it out, and it is it is bonkers. It is really, really weird. So if you're into that, because I do feel like there is a, like I said, there's a diamond in the rough here, I feel. If they manage to get out all the, all the kinks and all the bugs and everything, then I do think there is a, a very interesting game here. Uh, I would definitely recommend it, but I would wait a bit until they get it more streamlined because I did I did crash a lot, and it's not a heavy game, so my PC should not have any problems playing this. But um, yeah, I, I would I would go to a different scene, and the, the screen would stay black, so it it froze like little things like that, and they are ironing it out. Uh, I'm pretty sure they will. Uh, they will eventually uh, get all those uh, things out of there. Uh, so I would I I would recommend it if you're into if if you're into this kind of game if you're into uh, uh, yeah this uh, but I would wait for a bit no still. It, yeah. it certainly sounds not only strange but like there's not much logic to it as you said that you look into the box and then you become your sister and were, were the developers drunk when they were writing the game or making the game or because it no. sounds very bizarre <laughs> yeah um it is it is bizarre it is uh it's it's, it's got some horror elements but it's it's really a unique game it's really its own thing I've never played anything like this before. Uh, it reminded me the, the the only game it reminded me of was Test Times in Tone Town, which was an old graphic adventure I played way back on the Commodore sixty four, which I loved as well. But uh, yeah, there is there is probably more logic in there, but you need to find out what it is. It's it's more like a dream logic that they are using. Uh, so yeah, uh, and it's available on Steam, and it's actually not that expensive. So uh, I think it's two euro forty. So uh, yeah, it's it's very okay. worth trying out, trying it out. <laughs> and you're sure the bugs weren't a feature because it sounds like the game that this no are this in, in this, this game <laughs> in, in this in this case the bugs weren't a feature now. No. Okay. Well. I don't know, Laura, you seem like you might be interested. This sounds like it's a little bit too bizarre, maybe for me, but you seem, maybe, I mean, you seem to like it, Thomas, apart from the bugs, but uh, people can check it out on Steam. What's the name of the game again? Yeah, Boreal Tenebrae. It used to be called Boreal Tales. You can also find it on itch.io. But they had to change the name because there was already uh, an an educative game with the same name. So they got 
got into a trademark. Uh, there was a trademark conflict there, but they uh, they solved it in a friendly manner. So they changed the name from Boreal Tales to Boreal Tenebrae. And um, if you uh, want to know what exactly that means, I can tell you that because I looked that up. Uh, because Boreal is uh, of the north, uh, as in uh, like on Earth in in, on, in the northern hemisphere, and uh, Tenebrae that is a religious thing. Um, that is a church service observed during the final part of Holy Week, commemorating the sufferings <laughs> and death of Christ. Do not ask oh, me lovely. what this has Great. to do with I love it. That's fantastic. <laughs> I love that kind of stuff. So, yeah. So, yeah. Excellent. Okay. <laughs> yes. Okay. Well, you, you can play that then, Laura, if you wish. Uh, I, I mean, I'm glad you liked it, Thomas. Um, but, yeah, it might seem a little bit too strange for my, for my liking. But Could you be. never know. At least you like, maybe I would enjoy yeah, it. But, but, you know, um, they, they try something new. I know I, I can always appreciate oh, people, yeah. even though, you know, it's technically something old because they – they use the uh, the whole PlayStation One retro style, but they they uh, they swing. They take a, a big swing, uh, and uh, that should be uh, applauded. Okay, well, thank you, Thomas. I'm so sorry, I completely forgot you'd played that game. But uh... <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, I, uh, it's not. Uh, I, I usually don't play more than one game a week because I don't have the time for that. <laughs> but in this case, uh, I did. Yeah. So, well, thank you. So then the next game we're going to talk about is, this time, The Hand of Glory, which I reviewed uh, two weeks ago. Oh my God, but Thomas, you have since played it yourself. So uh, we could dis- discuss it now a little bit, the, the two of us. So first of all, um, what can you tell us about this game? What, uh, what did you think of this game? I really enjoyed it. Um, it is a, a, a well, classic adventure game. Mm-hmm. Uh, with a, a slight cartoony style, it it plays in Miami, but I think it's like a, more of a heightened Miami. Like it's not the Miami we know. There are some very weird elements in there, and you play uh, uh, Lazarus Bundy, yeah, <laughs> and you start the game uh, by playing. Um, you have to ca- you you try to catch a serial killer, the and. Um, uh, yeah, is it a spoiler to say that doesn't end well because that's where the actual game starts. It happens at the very beginning. Yeah, yeah it's so. like a pro. It's like the prologue, and you uh, try to because you were known as a very good detective, but this has tarnished your reputation, and it's it's plunged you in, into a bit of a depression. So you jump on a new case, even though you're officially no longer a police officer, uh, and you try to f- solve a kidnapping. And uh, yeah, and from there on, it's 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 really a classic classic point and click adventure game because you just uh, you you move around locations, you you collect items, uh, you talk to people, you try to uh, uh, yeah, you combine things, and 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 that all propels the story forward, and uh, it gets uh, quite dark towards the end. Uh, this is um, the game is a lot darker than it looks. Uh, it looks, as I said, it looks quite cartoony, uh, but there is a lot more going on here uh, behind the, the 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 shiny Miami exteriors and uh, uh, the cartoony looks. Uh, it, it 
um, we are talking about a part one, technically, I think. Yeah? Mm. I, I think we can say that uh, because the, the, the game does end on a cliffhanger. Uh, and it that cliffhanger makes me really want to play not just the cliffhanger, but the entire game really wants to, I really want to know how the, uh, the story continues. Um, it's a, also quite a challenging game. Uh, the puzzles I found um, interesting to very difficult. There were a few puzzles. Uh, I must say I've, I've played it. I've played it mostly in the evenings. There were a few times where I was just stuck and I uh, decided to stop for the evening. And then I came back and then the next day, with a fresh mind, I could actually figure the, the puzzle out. But I, th I, I think that is a, a positive thing because that means that the puzzle is challenging enough. Uh, so you have to keep your wits about. But there were also a few puzzles in there that were actually just difficult, very difficult. Uh, and I, I didn't want to. Uh, I, luckily, I could get some hints from you, Sersha, because you had already finished it. Because there were a few times where I needed to be put on the right direction, and then I could figure it out. But uh, and as usual, uh, there were a few times where I was just thinking, thinking, overthinking it and overcomplicating the, the, it. The, the, the funny thing was, though, that you got stuck at the exact same places where I got stuck. Yeah, yeah, that was <laughs> that was. Uh, and the funny thing was, because there was one puzzle where uh, where I got stuck, and uh, I explained to you where I was stuck. I said, "Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, I got stuck around this, this, and this." I said, "No, I'm way past that." But I completely misunderstood you, because I thought I was. You got stuck at the very easy part, but that's that's mm -hmm. you meant something completely different. But I only understood that uh, a, a bit later once I managed to finish the the puzzle. But yeah, it's uh, they all make sense. Uh, they have uh, I like the voice acting. I like the characters. Uh, there is another character that uh, that plays a big role in this game that you meet later uh, a bit later, and uh, I. Uh, I very much enjoyed it. Yeah, I, I really had a good time with this uh, with this game, and um, there were hardly any any negative frustrations because a good adventure game does need to frustrate you every now and then. Uh, and uh, I I did not uh, feel any uh, negativity towards that. I, I really enjoyed it. I finished it in about nine hours. Nine. To yeah, it's ten the same hours. as me. Yeah. I think I was about ten hours or something. Yeah. It's uh, no, I, I agree. It was very enjoyable. I think of these games that are similar to Broken Sword. This is one of the best ones. Um, I would rate this higher than say Runaway and Secret Files uh, games myself. I think there are a lot of things that you mentioned that were really good. Um, now about the the ending, which we won't uh, reveal. It did come as uh, you know from out of nowhere a little bit to me. Um, I what I would have liked is if they had given small hints during the game where then you could yeah. on, oh so that's why they kind of what they, they kind of yeah what? they kind of drop a bomb on you at the end yeah we <laughs> like now to, to be fair this was not supposed to be the original ending uh, because this is part 1 and they did split the game in two so there will be part 2 coming out in September so you know that we can add that caveat this is not supposed to be the ending as such um and as regarded puzzles you know I was able to get on to do the puzzles mostly, but I got stuck in the same places that you did. Um, now, I agree that they were challenging enough, but then the solutions, once you figure out the puzzles, what you're supposed to be doing, they do make sense. That said, I don't know if um, an optional hint system they could have included, not necessarily for us, but other more casual players playing for the story, um, because my concern for developers is if players play this and they don't 
you know, they might quit if they're frustrated or so I think maybe an optional hint system um, is something that I would nearly always recommend. Well, you do have your, you do have your notebook digest. and your notebook does give you oh, yes, uh, you have notebook good guidance. The other character, Alice, uh, she can give you some, yeah. because there are puzzles at first you think, oh my God, do I have to learn how to play the piano? Do I have to learn how to play chess? If you don't know to play, how to play these, but the, you, you are given all the information in the game, which is what I liked as well. There were a couple of times, one or two times where, uh, you know, some of the characters were simply there for the puzzles um, uh, but then there were other characters which had a surprising amount of depth to them, uh, yeah. which I liked. Yeah, um, yeah, the writing was really good. Uh, the, yeah, the, the writing overall was the, anim- was good. the animation uh, was uh, a wee bit wonky sometimes, but that did not yeah. take anything away from the game because the writing was was pretty damn good. And uh, yeah, I, I they they put on a compelling detective story uh, with a, a a really cool. Um, and not like the main character, Lazarus Bundy. He's a bit of a fool. Okay. But he's also he's 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 a bit of a fool in a way that um, Jake Peralta from Brooklyn Nine Nine is a bit of a fool. So he's a fool, but he's also actually a good detective. And this is the same case. Like he's an idiot, but he's he's a he's he's a good idiot. He's 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 actually good at his job, but he does sometimes does dumb things, and he's way too. Uh, uh, he's he's a solo artist. Like he's not a team player. And uh, that's an aspect of his personality that actually comes into play as well in the mm. in the game. So it's, it's there's a surprising amount of depth and and darkness in this in this mm. game, uh, and which is fun because that contrasts with the bright exterior of the of the location and and uh, uh, and the animation. Yeah, there's also some as we mentioned the kidnapping, one or two murders, and it does get quite dark at times. Uh, yeah. which is ah. a contrast to the oh, and graphics, but I liked it. And I've died a couple of times too. Yes, you can but then, die, but thankfully yeah. you go back to exactly where you were. Yeah, that's before, that's. So. I'm I'm glad they they don't punish us like the old Shara <laughs> games do, because if you die, you 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 start at the point of that scene where you can start over and uh, do it do it right or die again, as I have multiple times. <laughs> yeah, there were times where in in this game where I died without expecting that the character just slips and bangs his head and <laughs> which is quite funny which is quite comical uh but thankfully you you go back to that um to that exact spot so uh, but yeah i definitely want to play part two when it comes out in september um i really enjoyed yeah, this game too. part one and uh yeah so i think it's it's hard to fully review this game now because it's the first half but from what we've played i would say definitely it's uh, it would be towards the top end of uh, so far. It's at the top end of my adventure games this year. Yeah. Um, if if part two is just as good as part one, if they stick the landing, then this mm-hmm. is uh, uh, this is a very good one of the better yeah. games of uh, of two thousand twenty. And we can use yeah. something good in twenty twenty. Yes. Yes. <laughs> some good news, and uh, well, we've got some good games at least. So that is the hand of glory. So. Uh, thank you, Thomas. So I think that is it for uh, this week. Shout out, a quick shout out to The Night Fisherman, by the way, which I also played, which is, um, uh, I mean, it's, I would just say it's a free game. It only takes you about sort of 10 minutes to play and it's got a lot to say oh, yes. in such a short amount of time. So it's worth playing. It's kind of, you know, looks through themes such as immigration and lots of different things it's very uh, beautiful as well um so i would say that that's just a free little thing that's worth having a look at on steam 
the, uh, yeah, the Night Fisherman. Yeah, and they're making a sequel. Thomas, are you playing anything or? Yes, um, uh, I'm uh, starting on Desperados Three, which I will be uh, reviewing for the Gaming Outsider. Uh, I loved Desperados One and Two. Really, really enjoyed. I, 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 I mean, adventure games are my first love, but I noticed that these kind of tactical. Uh, and preferably turn-based games sto- uh, that also have a good story. I also really, really like these. And Desperados was, was it's just a lot of fun. Yeah, who, who doesn't love the Wild West, you know? And then I will probably need a holiday. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, definitely. Uh, well, I will be playing Beyond the Steel Sky. Um, that will be out awesome. on July 16th. So, um, and on that note, so now next week, there's a lot happening next week. So if you're a fan of Revolution, you'll definitely want to listen to the podcast next week because on Tuesday, I'll be uploading my interview with the co-founder, Tony Warriner. Um, he took me, he took takes us on a journey of 30 years when the company was founded and he goes behind the scenes and all the games that they made and uh, it's a really really interesting interview he explains why they went 3d um he talks about whatever happened to that broken sword movie and he talks about just so many interesting things beneath the steel sky as well so and then on friday the follow-up that i spoke with charles cecil yes i spoke with the ceo of revolution and the lead designer of Beneath the Steel Sky and Broken Sword. And he spoke to me about Beyond the Steel Sky and his philosophy and uh, game design and uh, characters and puzzles and a little bit about Beyond the Steel Sky. No spoilers, but you will definitely want to hear those two interviews if you're a fan of Beneath the Steel Sky or Broken Sword or Revolution, which I think most people who listen to this podcast are. Um, So definitely next week is a week. And uh, there'll be more interviews with other people from Revolution um in the future as well in the next few weeks so uh so then hopefully the following week i'll be able to give a review of that game then as well so uh that is it for this week so thank you as always laura and uh thomas and and what's the what what's the status of the of the patreons oh yes uh Yes, well, Patreon, uh, we, well, first of all, those interviews, actually, actually, remind me, if you want to hear those interviews now with Tony Warner and Charles Cecil, you can hear them on Patreon right now. You don't have to wait a week. They will be up there. Um, also, I, I mentioned before the YouTube channel, I'll be putting the, all the videos there first. Um, and so any announcements will be made on Patreon first as well and any exclusives. Uh, I mentioned as well that I hope to talk about The Last of Us with the uh, Gaming Outsider people and with you guys in the future. Uh, we, hopefully we might be doing a spoiler special on that. That will be for be Patreon. For um, so even though I haven't played I the game, but say, I'm not going to play it. It's going to take so a while. <laughs> I might as well <laughs> uh, hear what people have to say. So if I have um, to hurry up, then we have to do it. Uh, and, uh-huh. Yeah, I think this is longer. This feels yeah, longer. pretty. pretty well, much. I, I finished. So, I finished Last of Us one. I finished. I, I started and finished that in two days. So it is possible. Good, good luck with this. <laughs> this is probably longer. Yeah, yeah. I, I do need to take so, a holiday then. So you can you can check all of that out on patreon.com forward slash adventure games podcast. And uh, so as I said, you can subscribe to this podcast if you want to be, get automatic updates on the episodes. You can subscribe to our YouTube channel and you will see 
extra content. Mm. Uh, so at least my lovely face, when I review games, you see trailers. Who wouldn't want to see that, right, guys? Uh, they don't, don't need to answer. Uh, but it would, won't be just me. You'll be seeing trailers and gameplay as well. So that's why I started the YouTube channel. Uh, so yeah, so plenty to look forward to. Send us in your reviews of games that you've played or do you agree, disagree with our reviews? I'm sure there'll be a lot of people. Yes, if you have played Beyond the Steel Sky in the future, please send us your reviews and your thoughts. I'm sure we'll all have some thoughts on it. Or The Last of Us too, if you've played that game. I know there are lots of people with lots of thoughts and opinions on that game. So, um, okay. So, well, thank you, Thomas and Laura. So we will be back in two weeks. As I said, next week, my interviews with Tony Warrior and Charles Cecil will be up. They're up now on Patreon, if you want to listen to them now. And uh, yeah, so we'll be back in two weeks. Bye-bye. Keep on questing. If you like the Adventure Games podcast, then please subscribe, rate, and review. Wherever you listen to podcasts, please leave a review on iTunes if you can, as every review helps, and reviews will help get the word out, especially for adventure game developers who appear on the podcast. Now, you can also follow me on social media. You can follow me on Twitter at Advent Game Pod. You can follow me on Facebook at Adventure Games Podcast. You can also follow me on Instagram at Adventure Games Podcast as well. And we're also on Discord at Adventure Games Podcast. So if you are a adventure game developer or adventure game player, you can follow us there. So again, please feel free to retweet and share podcast episodes and the podcast to people who you believe may enjoy it and you can also find more information about the podcast on www.adventuregamespodcast.com so until next time thank you Thank mm-hmm. you.